Welcome to season two of the Within Groom series of podcasts. This is episode two, and today I'm talking to Vasco Amador, the CEO of Global Intelligence Insight, who tracks so-called Islamic State and Al-Qaeda online in encrypted closed groups. Very insightful. Warning, you might actually learn something. Well, I'm sitting in the IOD in Pall Mall in London with um, a guy called Vasco da Cruz Amador, who is the CEO of a company called Global Intelligence Insight. Now, Global Intelligence Insight are a cyber intelligence company. I'll let Vasco explain exactly what they do, um, but he does an awful lot more besides and has got a great insight into what's happening with the so-called Islamic State and Al-Qaeda and various terrorist activities around the world. Vasco, welcome to With Ingram Podcasts. Uh, well, uh, thank you for having me, and uh, I'll give you um, <clears throat> a quick snapshot and um, a quick um, introduction of what we do. Uh, we actually um, monitor and um, gather um, information from open source intelligence uh, chat forums, where basically Islamic State and Al-Qaeda are, and at the same time we are able to um, uh, gather um, real-time in, um, uh, information, live interception feeds from what they are um, chatting in in um, online environment, mostly linked up with uh, Telegram, uh, Threema, Rocket Chat, and some other encrypted platforms that are considered as a safe haven for mostly Islamic State. Now, you said open source, but it's a little bit more than open source. These are closed, invitation-only groups. Um, how do you get into them, and what are the sort of things that you're seeing? Well, in fact, they are um, open source, uh, but at the same time, they are closed. Because if we are considering, uh, uh, considering this uh, 10 years ago or 8 years ago, it's going to be open to the public as well. So... And nowadays it's totally different because you need to get access uh, with a private link in order to go through um, and to get the information that you want to um, gather, uh, even if you are um, a user, a regular user, um, which is the opposite like in the past. Because in the past you can enroll by yourself, you can use your username and password, and that's it. And nowadays you need to get a private link. Private link that it will be open only for two to five minutes, nothing more than that. And and then after after that, you can you can provide and you can uh, chat one on one. You can interact with other users. Are you are able to see uh, who's on the, who's on the other side of the line? But but basically they are open source intelligence uh, platforms, even if they are considered um, encrypted channels. But does that mean that, um, I hear there's a, a one-time link that's in there, but does that mean that anyone can get access to them? All the other national um, and international intelligence agencies are going to be in there, all the journalist agencies are in there, so actually not interacting with um, so-called ISIS and Al-Qaeda, you're interacting with other intelligence professionals and journalists. Well, it's a, <clears throat> it's a tricky question because um, uh, for you to get access to this kind of information, you need to you need to understand first of all when we are dealing with terrorism issues, uh, mostly the ones related to Islamic um, ideology, and you need to be aware of how they interact, how they react, and then you need to understand a bit of uh, 
their activity. Um, so meaning like you, you, you need to understand well their online behavior first and then you are always um, uh, with the green light to go. But in fact, everyone can get access to that. But the main issue is even for getting access to that, you need to be well trained in order to gather to interact because on the other side of the line, they are very, very professional and they know how to spot journalists, they know how to spot um, government officers and, and they know um, when they are interacting with someone that is infiltrated uh, within their networks. So who are the sorts of people that you're seeing on these different networks? And, and how many different groups or channels are, are, are you seeing? You know, are they all based in Syria or all based in Iraq or all based in a particular country? Are they all jihadis or what are the sorts of people that you're interacting with? Well, <clears throat> basically, uh, they are all over, uh, spread mostly across Europe, uh, which um, we have reasons to believe that they are working uh, from. And, of course, they, they, you've got some of them in the Middle East, but um, the ones that are running towards Europe, and, for instance, there's a huge network uh, from French jihadists, uh, Spanish jihadists as well, uh, German jihadists, and they are working uh, from an online uh, perspective only, but probably they are spread all over. So, And the different kind of forums... Um, they are totally different from um, translation uh, service departments, operational um, areas, uh, video and tutorials, and some other, like the ones that serves only for radicalization and to spread and to disseminate uh, their contents. So you've got different groups for different subjects. Um, do they allow anyone to access those groups or do they select people to come into those groups? Do they have selection criteria? Is it difficult to get in and find out what they're talking about? Yes, it's very complex for you. Um, when, Well, if we are speaking in with um, for a, um, a regular chat, that it's only for you to get access to the information that they are spreading where everyone can get access to, it's easy for you to get. Uh, but the high level and the tier one um, channels, you need to bypass through a huge uh, vetting process. Uh, you need to be linked up with the tier one jihadist guy. Um, and then once the vetting process is going to be finished, you are good to go. Um, but yes, it's uh, uh, in order to arrive to a final stage, it's a, a complex process. And what are the sort of trends that we're seeing? You know, how has um, so-called Islamic State and Al-Qaeda uh, changed over the last 12 months? And what do you think they're planning to do over the next 12 months? Well, <clears throat> they might pass uh, through um, um, an era and a stage uh, at the end of November 2019 um, when um, an operation from Europol and with Telegram as well <clears throat> suspended them and, and, and removed the so-called safe haven for Islamic State uh, where they were operating under uh, the hat of um, Telegram. Uh, but nowadays uh, it seems to us, uh, and according to our monitoring, that they are preparing to regroup themselves 
and in order to uh, perpetrate something in in the course of 2020 because they need to show the world their main capabilities they want to regroup not only in Europe but at the same time in Syria and in Iraq mostly in Iraq uh, from where they came from and from where they 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 are um, all the time so we do think that probably uh, something uh, needs to be done in order to uh, prevent some other uh, terrorist attack during the course of 2020. And how much are you seeing them spreading, spreading their influence um, down into Southeast Asia and into Africa uh, and other places? Well, their biggest core nowadays is uh, <coughs> situated within West Africa and Central Africa, as well as Southeast, but mostly um, in remote areas where we were not used to see them, like in Mozambique, the northern area of Mozambique, of Cabo Delgado, um, with the border of uh, DRC, Congo, uh, where, where, where mostly, uh, and the majority of population is a Muslim uh, population, and, and they were working with covert operations and guerrilla warfare, um, <clears throat> as they were explaining in the past that if you are not able to join them in Syria or Iraq, you can join them in Nigeria, for instance, or in the other regions across West and Central Africa. Now, you were talking about um, them growing in their, their homeland in Iraq. You've got some um, personal experience of what's going on and the, um, the instability that there is across Iraq. How is that being exploited or is it being exploited by so-called Islamic State? Have they been properly defeated as President Trump had suggested um, last year or um, are they just hiding and coming back and they're going to come back and bite us? Well, if we will go back uh, one year ago, uh, if I'm not wrong, um, Islamic State... um, um, news magazine <clears throat> called uh, The Youth of the Caliphate. They just wrote an article and they were writing down on that time that they will take advantage from the geopolitical turmoil and geopolitical situation that is going to be um, in Iraq. And in fact, they were totally right because actually they are gaining advantage and getting advantage for this kind of turmoil. And uh, with the, 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 the resignation of the Prime Minister in Iraq and the, the full instability across the region, mostly in Iraq, they are getting uh, advantage of that. And because actually, mostly uh, their global uh, and their central and um, their central command are based specifically in Iraq. So taking Iraq uh, a little bit further, do you think the um, U.S. killing of um, General Soleimani from the Iranian um, Quds force element of the Iranian National Guard Corps um, has contributed to the defeat of um, so-called Islamic State or enabled them to come back again? No, it's the opposite. Um, It will enable them to come back again because uh, uh, mostly uh, the... uh, Soleimani and al-Muhandis, uh, they were the ones uh, considered as heroes uh, in regards to the fighting against Islamic State 
uh, mostly in Iraq. And in fact, uh, the, 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 the militias are uh, with no uh, top commander right now. So they, again, they just got a big advantage and a big vantage point in, in regards with this situation. Um, and with the Islamic State having gone into the doldrums for a bit and then seem to be coming back now, um, pushed back ever since really 9-11 on, on the, the death of Osama bin Laden, has been Al-Qaeda. What are you seeing as the dynamics between so-called Islamic State and Al-Qaeda? And where do you think Al-Qaeda are going to be in the next 12 or 24 months? Well, <clears throat> Al-Qaeda, it's, um, it, work, it works like in the past. So um, they are mostly different uh, from Islamic State, uh, the way that they are conducting uh, their kind of operations. So <clears throat> their ideology, their way of doing some um, attacks, um, it's quite different rather than the Islamic State, which um, goes through a kind of a provoke uh, fear and uh, different impacts with this kind of terror attacks and mostly Al-Qaeda they, they just want to um, uh, command and get control of their attackers and foreign fighters um, the ones from Islamic State uh, it's totally different because you can work with the sleep cell and then they can go through with a kind of um, attack that probably doesn't have the full support of their uh, central command, but they can go through with their uh, foreign fighters in order to perpetrate uh, an attack across Europe, for instance. Now, that's the second or third time you've mentioned Europe. Is there a big um, uh, jihadi extremist element in Europe? Do you think uh, we should be concerned? Well, the level and the threat level right now in Europe is much more bigger than was uh, even after the 9-11 um, just due to this kind of migration of jihadists and the way that they can go through all across Europe so we've got some some countries with uh, with a threat level that are increasing and some others um, like it can stay with the same level but I think that we should be very very um, uh, preventive on, the, on, on this aspect. And how is the ongoing instability or potentially increasing instability in Libya contributing to this? Well, <clears throat> Libya is um, a kind of um, um, a country that right now is um, um, getting different mercenaries uh, from Sudan, for instance, from Syria as well, and at the same level getting support from other terrorist organizations and and mostly uh, the the capacity that Libya has in order to support and to put some foreign fighters in Europe through the entrance of Malta so it's going to be a kind of um, a term oil inside of Libya that can be be used as a as a, a training camp for uh, the entire set of jihadists and after that they are ready to come across Europe. So um, with the gloom, doom and depression in Europe, in the Middle East, in North Africa, um, 
Is there any hope for us? What, it, what do you think is going to be spectacular? Do you think it's we're, we're, how, how do we defeat this threat? Well, it's it's uh, it's almost like the fight the, 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 uh, of the of the cat and the rat. So we need to be <clears throat> very accurate, and we know that it's very complex nowadays due to the technology and all the aspects that we are using because they are using they are exploring it as well at the same level and sometimes they are some steps ahead of uh, even government agencies because they need to fulfill their agendas um, so uh, we, we, we need to incorporate some other levels of technology in order to go through and to be much more uh, preventive in the way that it's linked up with uh, or if we want to link up with artificial intelligence, for instance, but at the same time, we are not able to leave the human intelligence um, way of uh, intercepting uh, uh, information and together, and we need to be always focused with the interaction and the integration of signals intelligence, human intelligence, geo-intelligence as well, so the mix between those ones are being considered as the, the tier one factor to be um, preventive. So would it be wrong of us just to write off all of the threats that are out there uh, as being relatively minor, they've been defeated because militarily we're so much stronger, they've got no real way of hurting us, or is this something that's with us and with us to stay for a long time? Well, <clears throat> their defeat in Syria didn't mean like they, they were defeated and actually they were, uh, they lost control of the majority of the cities that they got uh, in Iraq and in Syria. But at the same time, most of them and the majority of them just went and ran away towards uh, Europe again and all the others that um, were still in some other countries. Uh, for instance, in France, in Germany, um, UK, uh, Belgium, uh, Spain, for instance. So they are ready to, to, to go. So it, we, we can consider that if, if it's going to be for or it's going to last for five to ten years. But we, need, we, we should consider this as a, a highest threat and we need to work in a daily basis in order to um, conduct operations that probably will end up with arrests and prosecutions as well. Now, within that threat, we hear a lot of discussion about the families and the jihadi brides that are in refugee camps in Syria um, and their children that are around and countries saying they don't want to bring them back, like the UK, because they see them as uh, too big a potential threat. Are they really a threat? Well, in some in some particular cases, they are because uh, <clears throat> they they just went straight to join Islamic State, uh, and it's not true uh, when they are emphasizing that they just went for something that they don't know, uh, which actually it's not true because they want to join Islamic State, they want to marry um, a foreign fighter, and even with the kids when they were raising the kids. They were training them to kill um, in some particular cases. And I'm, 
I'm, I'll be able to say that probably more or less like 70 to 80% of them were, uh, they know exactly for what they are going to, 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 to go inside of Syria. And then we are, uh, and we experience that in training camps, mostly in Turkey and some of them, <coughs> and, but mostly in Turkey, where they were threatening all the regular citizens um, in order to do some kind of radicalization. So, and when they are telling that uh, we didn't know, uh, we don't have reasons to believe uh, in that option. Vasco, it's a fascinating subject, and we could probably talk about it all all day. But um, it's clear that the threat is there. Um, we should be concerned about it, um, and it's not going to go away very easily. So ignore the hype that's there, and that those wider families are um, uh, still potentially very dangerous to society. Thank you very much indeed for what you're doing in monitoring it, um, and I look forward to chatting to you again um, when we find out more about what's going on. Yes, uh, of course, and I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you very much for having me.